Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Al-Aqibatu Lil-Muttaqeen Wa la Udwana Illa Ala Zalimeen Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu Wa rasooluh Allahumma salli ala nabiyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi Kama salaita ala Ibrahim Wa ala ala Ibrahim إنك حميد مجيد ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في الحديث مشهور عن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه فيما رواه البخاري ومسلم في صحيحيهما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما الأعمال بالنيات وإنما لكل امرئ ما نوى فمن كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله ومن كانت هجرته للدنيا يصيبها أو امرأة ينكحها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه the Prophet وسلم, he said in a hadith that is well known on the authority of Umar anhu, the Prophet وسلم, he said verily actions are but by their intentions and everyone will be rewarded in accordance to what they have intended. The Prophet he made it extremely clear here in this hadith the importance of one's intention. And this is what I want each and every one who my voice it reaches them to examine themselves and to look at their intention and to make sure that their intention is pure, is purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't want them to take it as a given. I don't want them to overlook the importance of this. But it is incumbent upon each and every one of us that we look to our intentions. The statement of the Prophet that actions are but by their intentions. What could be understood from it as the ulama they mention as Imam Ibn Rajab rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions, وَيَحْتَمِلْ أَنْ يَكُونَ تَقْدِيرُ فِي قَوْلِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ الْأَعْمَالِ بِالنِّيَاتِ الْأَعْمَالِ صَالِحَةِ أو فَاسِدَةِ أو مَقْبُولَةِ أو مَرْدُودَةِ أو مُثَابٌ عَلَيْهَا أو غَيْرُ مُثَابٍ عَلَيْهَا بِالنِّيَاتِ أو بِالنِّيَّةِ he said that what could be understood from this hadith, what could be understood from the statement of the Prophet wasallam, that actions are but by their intentions, meaning the actions, whether they are correct, sound, or whether they are corrupted and incorrect, whether they are accepted or whether they are rejected, whether they are given a reward 
or one is rewarded for them or whether one is not rewarded for them then it is all by the intention based upon the intention of an individual it is incumbent that we reflect and we ask ourselves are our intentions pure and last week's khutbah the question was what is our motivation what is our motivation and following up we have to look at our intention how pure is our intention the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he gave to us an example as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ So whoever his hijrah, his migration, was to Allah and his messenger, then his migration was to Allah and his messenger. Meaning that whoever their intention was pure, their intention was pure, what they have done, they have done it في سبيل الله, then they will be rewarded for it. But whoever's hijrah, whoever's migration was for a worldly gain or was in order to marry a woman, then his hijrah, his migration was unto whatever he migrated unto. Meaning that he had no reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he went for a worldly gain, then that's what he got. If it went through, it went through. If it didn't, it didn't. If he migrated to marry a woman, then that's what he got. If he married her, he married her. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But he has nothing else. I want us to reflect on this. Because the Prophet wasallam, when explaining the one who will be rewarded and the one who will not be rewarded, he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he did not use two different actions but he used the same action to illustrate to us that it could be one of us that does a great deed and they will be rewarded tremendously and another one from us who does that exact same deed and they will get nothing in return based upon what based upon the intention so i do not want us to become deceived by our deeds I don't want us to become deceived by our deeds because the shaitan, he is very skilled in tricking us. The shaitan, he is very skilled and he has a lot of ploys, a lot of tricks by way in which he deceives us. If the shaitan cannot stop us, could not talk us out of doing a good deed, then he strives to make sure that we get nothing from that deed. So I don't want you to look at the amount of your prayers. I don't want you to look at the amount of money you have spent in the way of Allah. But I want you to concentrate on your intention. Because the individual may come. And shaitan will tell them, don't worry, you're good. How righteous you are. You have spent so much money in the way of Allah. You have raised millions of dollars 
in the way of Allah. You have established this and you have established that. You have made Hajj so many times. You have prayed so many prayers in the night. You have fasted so many days. You have nothing to worry about. You are okay. But at the same time, you should let people know how good you are. You should let people know how much you have spent. You should let people know how much you pray. You should let the people know how much you fast so that they are not confused about who you are. Shaitan has many ways to trick us. Many ways to trick us so that all of our deeds we do them and if we're doing them to show off, showing off is shirk, is riya. When shirk mixes with the deed, the deed does not count. It is gone. Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَّا الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ Allah Ta'ala, He says what it means. And verily we have revealed unto you, O Muhammad, as we had revealed to those who came before you, that if you associate partners with Allah in worship, then your deeds will be rendered null and void. They do not count. Period. So if we mix shirk, if we mix the showing off with our deeds, the deed is done. Person says, I'm safe. I don't want no one to see me doing it. But uh, I'm okay if they hear about it. This is sum'ah. Sum'ah is from showing off. It's from shirk. That things are done so people can know about it. You have done a great deed that no one knows about it. So you make it your business to tell them about it. And to remind them of it. And to tell them again. This is a good way to render your deeds null and void. This is a good way to lose your reward. So we have to strive to not just do the deed upon the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, But we have to make sure that we are sincere. We have to make sure that our intention is pure. Because a deed that is devoid of ikhlas, of sincerity, of tawheed, it does not count. Just like a deed that is devoid of being in compliance to the sunnah of the Prophet does not count. So we have to have sincerity and we have to follow the sunnah of the Prophet and we have to take this seriously if we are truly trying to invest in our future. Personally, I want everyone to think about your future. How much you have invested in yourself, meaning in the hereafter. How much do you have waiting for you when you meet Allah? If you want to be rich, the true one that's rich is the one who is rich on the day that the deeds are weighed. <laughs>
Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ba'd ya ibadullah I don't want us to ever think that the purification of the intention is easy this too is from the tricks of shaitan to try to convince us purifying your intention oh that's easy you can do that no no you're fine you did it for Allah the great imam Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah ta'ala he mentioned he said ma alajtu shay'an I want you to listen to this. He said, Ma to shay'an. I did not try to render treatment to anything. Anything. Shay'an. There was nothing that I treated. There was nothing that I attempted to render treatment to. There is nothing that I tried to treat that was more difficult that was harder, that was more cumbersome upon me to treat than it was for me to treat my intention. To rectify my intention. This is a great imam saying that what? That it was difficult. The greatest difficulty upon him was to rectify, to purify his intention. It was great upon him. He lived during the time of the, the, those generations that the Prophet said was from the best of this ummah and he's saying it was hard upon him now we fast forward to this time that we're living in and we think it's easy upon us we think oh no Tawheed yeah I'm upon that that's a given we think we are safe yeah subhanallah this is from the tricks of shaitan we have to know the deed or the task at hand so that we could adequately prepare for it you understand if you went to pick up something you look at it you evaluate it you give an estimation an approximation to its weight because depending upon that is how you will go to approach it if it was a bag of cotton balls then you will reach down and you will pick up the cotton balls correct because your mind tells you that's like Pick it up easily. But if it was an anvil, you will bend your knees, make sure your back is straight, and you will lift it properly because you understand this is not like that. And if you approach the anvil like it is a cotton ball, you're going to damage your back. Correct? So we have to understand, we have to evaluate the task at hand so that we could approach it properly. So when it comes to purifying our intention, then we have to know that it is a great task. It is not something that is easy. It requires knowledge. It requires knowledge. How can you purify your intention? In other words, how can you establish Tawheed if you don't know what Tawheed is? How could you establish Tawheed in your life if you do not know what it is? If you don't know its categories, what they entail, how they are implemented, how can you implement it? If you do not know what shirk is, how can you stay away from it? How can you avoid it if you're unaware of what it is? If you don't know what it is, how can you avoid it? This all makes sense in theory, theoretically. Oh, that makes perfect sense. 
But the practice, where is the practice? Where are our studies? Last week, how much did you learn about Tawheed? What have you read about Tawheed? What have you studied about Tawheed? In the past week, add a week, add another week, add another week. In the past month, how much have you studied about your religion? How much have you looked at the affairs of it, Tawheed? How many books in your life have you read about the affair of Tawheed? How many classes in your life have you attended about the topic of a Tawheed? Do you see? Do you see the issue? Do you see the discrepancy? Do you see? It is incumbent that we evaluate ourselves and we constantly strive to be better. That we constantly strive to improve ourselves. Do we constantly strive so that today is better than yesterday? And if Allah, inshallah, we live to see tomorrow, tomorrow will be better than today. We have to. Because if not, then what's the point? It is not my job to entertain you. It is not my job to tell you just what you want to hear. But I have to what? Strive to educate you. Strive to remind you. Strive to remind myself in reminding you, educating myself, educating you, so on and so forth, because it applies to all of us. So sometimes we may hear things that it's not, it's not comfortable because if the problem exists, change it. Don't get mad because it was pointed out. If your kufi is dirty, don't get mad because I have pointed out that you have dirt and filth upon your kufi. Change your kufi. Clean your kufi. Will you get mad if someone pointed out you have stains upon your thalb and you say, why are you going to talk about stains upon my thalb and so on and so forth and then you just keep the thalb on? You walk around and tell people don't look. No, you change your thalb. That makes sense, right? So we have to strive to improve ourselves because if not, then what's the point? What's the point? Is the point to live our lives in a state of forgetfulness and then we meet Allah and go to hell? That's what you want? Of course not. So it is incumbent that we strive to get ourselves right. Why is this important? From the reason that this is important. The Prophet وسلم, he said, As'adu nas. As'adu nas yawmul qiyamah bi shifa'ati. Or as'adu nas bi shifa'ati yawmul qiyamah. من قال لا إله إلا الله خالصا من قلبه حديث المسئل في البخاري The Prophet ﷺ, he said that the most happiest of the people on the day of judgment to receive my intercession how many of us know that we need the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ because we just do so much sins, so much things we know we shouldn't be doing we come up so short in things that we know we should do but we come up short we don't do you're going to need the intercession from the Prophet ﷺ. He said, the most happy, the happiest of those who will receive my intercession on the day of judgment will be those who say, La ilaha illallah sincerely khalisun min qalbi. Sincerely from his heart. In a narration, in a wording, oh, min nafsi, from his soul. Sincere. Purely for Allah. 
How many of us can say that we have said La ilaha illallah sincerely from our heart, pure from our soul for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? None of us can guarantee that. But this is what we need to strive to work on. This is the goal. This is the goal. Ikhlas is important. This is the only thing that affects, this is the only thing that is important. Establishing a tawheed. And Umar Dhar. And Umar Dharrin. He mentioned to his father, Ya Abi, O oh my father, We said, when you give the people an admonishment, when you talk to the people about Islam, They cry, they break down in tears. Huh? He said, He said, other than you, but other than you, when they speak about, when they give them an admonishment, the people don't cry. How come? Huh? He said, Ya Abati, Malak, you know, what is, it, what is this thing with you? Then when you give the people an admonishment, they break down in tears. Why? He responded with an answer, Ya Subhanallah. He said, Ya Bunayya, oh my son, oh my son. He said, oh my son, oh my beloved boy, the cries and the tears of the woman who has lost her loved one is not similar to the tears and the cry of the actress that has been hired to cry at a funeral. That actress, no matter how good her theatrics, it will never match the cries, the pain that is seen on the face and on the body and the person of the woman who has lost her loved one. Her loved one has died. The two cries, the two expressions of sorrow will never be the same. Why? Because one comes from the heart and the other one is just show. It's just a performance. So we have to ask ourselves that in this, this is not him praising himself, but he's pointing his son to the, uh, to the affair of the intention. How important purity of intention is, is that when your intention is pure, then you see the effects will be there. But if you're just faking it, if you're just putting on a performance, you're not going to see the same result. You're not going to see the same result because words from the heart reach the hearts. A mere performance is just a performance. So we have to ask ourselves, question ourselves as relates to our intentions. What we do, is it sincerely from the heart or are we just performing? Okay,